In the movie business, very few things come easy, but Linda Nichols' film Poppy had more than its fair share of hurdles to negotiate before it crossed the finish line. In the end, Annabelle Sheehan, CEO of the Film Commission, came to the rescue with something called the 125 Fund. Simon Morris with the story. I'm Poppy Thompson. We're a family business. What about my apprenticeship day? You need a license for that. And you've got to sit a test. You can teach me. Not now, Poppy, okay? There's a lot going on. You're not fair. Ten years in the making with little things like COVID-19 closing it down, an impossible casting issue and a strong possibility it may even not get funding. It was always an uphill struggle. But like the feel-good genre Poppy is very much a part of, it all came right in the end. And I'm joined by writer-director Linda Nicholl and producer Robin Lang. Linda, we do comedies, we do dramas, but we don't often do feel-good movies that often in New Zealand. I mean, in fact, the last one I can think of is Secondhand Wedding, which you wrote, in fact. <laughs> I think we do do a few. I mean, I think Hunt for the Wilder People is, was funny. You know, but yes, I know what you mean. It is a film that does have its own particular language and space, I think, because, you know, I'm unashamedly white middle class, and that's where my comedy or dramedy comes from. It must have been shortly after Secondhand Wedding that you started writing Poppy. Yes, well, Poppy came from a short story collection that I'd written, and in that, the boyfriend was the central role. And I thought just over time, it developed into having Poppy as the main protagonist and being told from her perspective. Well, before we go any further, what is the story and how much did it change over the last 10 years? The central idea I don't think changed, which is about a young woman who wants an independent life. There was, you know, script consultants and other, you know, people, you know, taking a look at it. There was an earlier producer, Glenis Giles, and it just morphed into what it is today, just over time. The most important thing is the character of Poppy, who is uh, a young woman with Down syndrome. And the point that you're making is that she's definitely not a victim. She's somebody who's very much in charge of her life in a lot of ways. Yes, she has to do things um, in a little bit of an underhand way to get what she wants. But at the same time, the film really is about possibilities for people with disabilities. It's just a look at a particular story, and it's a story, it's not everyone's story. Was it tempting to give her more prejudices to face up to? I mean, more people being negative about her. That actually turns up in the film. I mean, in the film, I think most people are rather nice about her, I think. Yes, well, that's because she's in a small town and everyone knows everyone else, and that's true of Carpety, where it's set. Mm. And yes, there, there could have been a tendency to make her life a lot more difficult, but it, that really wasn't what the film was about. It's about the relationship of the brother and sister. That's core to what she's up against. It's not about the whole of society, because I think diversity and recognition of people with disabilities is different now, 10 years on in the film. Robin, I'll bring you in here. When did you get involved in Poppy? I became involved with it really after it was well developed and after it, in fact, it had received the 125 funding. The 125 fund made it possible for three projects 
women's stories made by women. It made it possible for those projects to happen. So the Film Commission selected three projects and Poppy was one of them. And Alex Cole Baker was in fact involved at that stage too as an executive producer. Why was it such a difficult project to get up before then, do you think? Well, it's a it's a woman's story, story of a woman's life. It's not a very plotty story. I think there's this whole issue going on now about what women's stories actually are, and they do tend to be more character based rather than plot based stories. And I think it's often quite hard to assess a character based story. Um, I think they often have to be overwritten. I think they often have a lot more dialogue than you would ever actually have in the film when you shot it, just in order to be able to carry the story for somebody who's reading it rather than seeing it. I wonder if there would have been a bit more resistance to a story resting entirely on a young woman with Down syndrome Mm -hmm. essentially obviously played by an unknown actor because there just weren't that many well-known actors with Down syndrome back then. Would that have been a a, a hurdle to cross, do you think? I think probably there would have been a view that there wouldn't be anybody here that could play the part. Mm. I mean, I know in the UK and in Australia there are a number of Down syndrome actors and with careers. Well, not um, a lot, I wouldn't not have thought. A lot. I mean, no, there's they... not a lot, but yeah. there are agencies that specialise in, in people with disabilities yeah. as, as actors, but not here. And I think it was probably just considered that it wouldn't be possible to cast it here. But that's another thing that happened, I think, on Annabelle Sheehan's watch. An interest in pushing for more women-driven mm. stories, mm. a lot more what you used to call minority stories yes. and stuff, but a lot more interest in diversity. Linda, do you think that there was a rise in interest in this story over the last 10 years, perhaps, because of that? Yes, I do. I do think so. I think, you know, we see things on screen in the US and we saw, saw things like Glee. You know, there were lots of young people with varying you know, all sorts of things, real diversity. And so this sort of TV kind of stories warmed us up, I think, a lot more and much more accepting of having someone in that place. And a a story about a woman who wouldn't normally get a story made about her. That's something that's in a director that I really admire, Sebastian Lelio. Um, mm. His work is all about women who you wouldn't normally see on the big screen. One of the biggest issues, obviously, once you decided to go ahead, was to find your poppy. And it was vital that you cast poppy with someone who audiences would fall in love with. Now, how hard was that? Well, it was amazing that 22 women came forward, all with different acting abilities and charm and skills. It wasn't until towards the end of the process that Libby actually came forward and that we were made aware of her through her grandmother. This is Libby Hunsdale. And yes. As I, and as I understand it, you'd virtually come to the end of your, you know, the amount of time you had set aside for casting by the time she suddenly turned up. You had to do the shooting yourself, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I went to see her and got her to do some things to convince me that she was the right person. I'd seen some of her online videos that she'd made. So she's a real performer, which is very key to her role and then I went round to her house and we did various exercises we did putting on makeup in front of the mirror we did she had to learn a monologue I did an Andy Warhol screen test which means you just put the camera on and leave the person in the room by themselves and see what happens (laughs) (laughs) and so you know and she did some dancing and you know her monologue was perfect and she was able to take 
direction. So I was just really convinced, and so I filmed her on my trusty phone and was able to bring the footage back, and everyone who looked at it just was blown away by her and what she could bring to the screen. So at this stage you sort of think, well, that's the last problem solved, and then suddenly COVID turned up. Robin, how far did you get in the shooting before well, COVID shut everything down? Well, we only had a four-week shoot to start with, which is pretty tight right. um, for a film with so many locations particularly. We had three weeks of filming, and we were just starting our fourth week on the first day of our fourth week, and we got the message about two hours in that we had to shut down. I mean, things were quite difficult before that because there was a huge emphasis on social distancing and a lot of sanitising went on and that Mm. sort of thing. But So it it was getting more and more difficult. And we were also trying to encourage our crew not to go home on the weekends and things like that, but it was because we were working in Kapiti. But in the end, we we were forced to shut the whole production down for, I don't know, a period of weeks. And at the end of May, we went back with the support of the full crew. I think only two people weren't able to come back. And we shot under level two, which meant, you know, much fewer people on set. You know, we had to try and rework the scenes, any scenes where people were actually touching each other. It was pretty difficult, but gosh, everybody rose to the challenge. It was amazing. You have an added complication also in the sense that Libby has not filmed before and she is literally carrying the whole film now. Plus, you have the issue of keeping her safe. Exactly, and we we were very concerned about that. But I have to say, when she came back after lockdown, she hit the ground running. I mean, it was very interesting, because, and I think it's because she knew what she was coming back to. When she first came for filming, of course, she had no idea what she was coming to. Sure. And so it was absolutely amazing. All of the actors just immediately got straight back into character, and it was a fantastic week. Linda, in the situation of this particular story, it's easy to think of Poppy as a girl. You know, she's you know a young girl with, with Down syndrome. But she's not. She's a young woman. She's 19, 20 or something like that. And that meant that there was going to be romance. And, you know, an intimacy director was brought in to make sure that the romance scenes worked OK. How was, um, how was Libby dealing with that? She was dealing with that really well. Because we had a coach on board for the entire shoot with her, we just made sure that we choreographed each move really well and that she knew exactly what she was doing. And her friendship with Sebastian had really developed by then. You know, they were, you know, buddies. Mm. And so it made it much more authentic and I think quite special that scene yeah there's the relationship between Poppy and with uh, Luke the boyfriend but there's also the relationship with the brother and that is real drama that Libby is having to deal with with a big wide range of stuff to do I was deeply impressed with her yes well again it was great to be able to put things around her because prior to filming you know we made sure that she got some drama coaching and screen coaching and also was able to work in a garage. So all that led to the authenticity of what she had to do in each scene. I so should explain she, that she plays a mechanic, in fact. She's an aspiring mechanic and driver. That's a lot of stunt work on top of this as well, on top of everything else. Yes, that's right. That's right. But she was amazing. She came to set and prepared every day. 
And we got her takes and just the same amount that you would use within, you know, any actor. By the time it was three, she was great. And then by the time it was four or five, we'd got it. I think the other thing we need to say too is that we had two quite experienced actors working with Libby. We had Carly Kopai and we had Ari Boyland. And they were both very, very generous actors. Um, and they worked incredibly well with her. We talked at the beginning of this about the 125 Fund. This is the fund that the Film Commission got together to try and push more women-driven stories. But I couldn't help noticing that there have been quite a few of those recently anyway. I think of Cousins, I think of Disney's Mulan, Baby Done, uh, Shadow in the Cloud Reunion. I mean, is there still a need to push more women-driven stories, do you think, Robert? Well, I'll tell you, it's almost since the Film Commission had funds to enable the making of New Zealand films, the number of women directors compared to men has been around 25% through all those years. It's crept up in recent years to about a third women, and the, in the year that the 125 uh, fund kicked in, it reached just over half. So, oh, wow. yeah, so that it did make a difference. And I'm talking about it very much as a headcount. Mm. I'm not talking about the amount of money or anything like that. I'm just talking about women directors. One question I was going to ask you is, do you think that women writers might be more inclined towards television where there's longer times in an episodic series to explore character, to explore other things rather than cuts directly to the chase? Linda, what do you think? I mean, are you tempted well, towards TV? <laughs> oh, yes, I'm very tempted towards TV. I love TV. I've enjoyed a lot of things like Killing Eve and Queen's Gambit. I mean, even Mad Men, there were five out of the seven writers were women. I think episodic programs, I think from the outset it's really important to introduce the characters in a way right from the outset. A lot of programs that I've seen... I don't understand what's going on really until mm. episode four mm. or five, mm. you know, and then the series finishes at six or seven episodes. So I think we have to be really careful to not overcrowd with characters, to be able to give people good story through lines. And so that, you know, when you're watching something, you, you, you do want to binge on it because you want to find out what's going to happen next. A final question for <laughs> yeah. both of you, really. I mean, is this a good time to be involved in the film and TV business in New Zealand? I do think it's a great time. I would just love to, you know, be able to tell some stories that I've got in my back pocket. Mm. I mean, there's so much material. There's so many great New Zealand mm. novels and other things that are ripe for adaptation mm. so that we have mm. got stories that have been sitting there and just hopefully, you know, the budgets will arrive to be able to tell those stories. Producer Robin Lang and writer-director Linda Nicholl talking with Simon Morris about the new film Poppy, starring first-time actor Libby Hunsdale. It's currently showing at a cinema near you.